0: Horror
1: business, driving late at night. Psycho
0: seventy-eight, twelve o'clock. Don't be late. I, I don't say think you all need to warm up. Okay, here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Greetings and salutations.
1: My name is Justin Moore. <laughs> I like that. That was a sexy one. It you was. sounded
0: sexy on that one. And who are you? Oh, I'm Liam mm-hmm. Madonna. Oh, and you are—you are listening to another ravenously good episode of Horror Business. Uh, ravenously, it's ra- well, we're not talking about uh, the uh, Guy Pierce film *Ravenous*. We are talking about two movies involving ravenous aliens: *The Deadly Spawn* (1983's *The Deadly Spawn*) and *2012's Grabbers* and uh, really the only common theme in these movies is that some fucking aliens fall out of the sky and start eating people and then you know people have to solve the problem yeah short simple to the point what else could you ask for so this episode like all of our other episodes is brought to you by the fine folks at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations Apparel Creations Apparel Creations they are moving today they're moving to the new location Fallon <laughs> Hill Bethlehem
1: um um my uh my new employer. Your new employer, yes. We have Valley Power Creations. Yes. Um I mean, I look. I'm not going to be screen printing your shirt anytime soon. No, so. someday. Yes. But currently that's not going to happen. Instead, one of uh Chris Rejek's highly trained disciplined screen printers. Oh yeah, he he Beats and whips them. They have a fear
0: of authority like none other.
1: Um, and any that he feels uncomfortable physically
0: assaulting, he uses his mental powers. It, it, he's an abuser, Chris rejectus He's a terror in real life. Professional, reasonably priced, but you, you know it's capitalism. You know you don't get it's good true. shit without a price. It's true. And his employees pay the price. Yeah, I mean. Uh... They get paid. He doesn't not pay them. No. I mean, he's not a complete monster.
1: No. But um, but they will suffer for your for your art.
0: Yes. Know that the good thing you are going get, the great thing you are going to get
1: was paid for in blood. Yep. And so, tears. So whether that's uh, a thong, <laughs> a koozie, <laughs> maybe a, a do-rag of some kind. A codpiece. A codpiece.
0: Um, perhaps a form of uh, flag or cape. Yes. If you... Uh, a flag that would have some sort of Reptile on it Not a lizard, because a lizard has legs Some sort of legless l- reptile A snake Coiled, saying something It doesn't want to get stepped on What would it say, the snake that- If you want to get a flag printed It print- says, hey, I'm slithering over <laughs> it here says, hey, watch your step Hey, what are you doing, you don't, don't see step me, on me hey. You don't see me slithering over here If you want to get a flag printed that says, don't on me Because you are a far-right nationalist Chris Reject will print it for you <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> it's a good thing that there isn't like
1: an actual cash payout. Like, I feel like we would have to do so many makeup ads. Yes. If if our sponsor was not just a nice person who gives us a discount on yes. T-shirts.
0: Yes. If we had some sort of quota to meet or were paid on commission, we would be <laughs> fucked. There'd be a problem. Or, or, or
1: I mean, here's what you could know about Lehigh Valley Bro Creations. They put up with us. They do. So clearly they must be very good-natured. They're very great nice people. people. I lived
0: with one of those people. I've gone to the movies with several of them. Chris Reject is one of my friends for some inexplicable reason. He likes me, and more importantly, I like him. I don't know why. I don't know why other those things happen, but we get along. They're great people. I've
1: I've never I've never in real life made love to Chris Reject, but I would.
0: I might. Yeah. I mean, if someone put a gun to Josh Alvarez's head, even, and said, "If you don't have sex like Reject, Josh is dead. I might do it." I mean, if
1: someone's gonna threaten Josh, there's a
0: lot of things I would do. Yeah, very true. So, if you want to see some of the work, or for whatever reason, what we just said interested you, interest you, you can head on to www.xlvacx.com. Don't let the X's fool you. Chris Reject is not fucking straight edge. Not straight edge. He's a beer drinker. He drinks beer and alcohol. It's, he's not, we're not suggesting he's a secret sipper. No, no. He is, he is in your face about it. You like, straight edge in your face? Like, me and Liam is straight edge in your face, or at least me, sort of, in the minds of other people. <laughs> Chris Reject is like alcohol in your face. Right
2: in your face. But
0: more importantly, this episode is also brought to you by our Patreon subscribers, who we are very, very grateful to. And we actually, like, we actually like you, unlike Chris Reject, who we don't like. So if you've subscribed to us through Patreon... A very sincere thank you.
1: I don't remember everyone's names, but if I did, I would thank you each.
0: Yes. Let
1: me think if I can think of any.
0: If I could do it in a timely Jim, fashion. Jim
1: Jim Haku. Uh, Samantha Ray. My mom.
0: Maureen O'Donnell, what up? Uh,
1: I can't think of anybody else. I, oh, Justin
0: Harlan. Justin Harlan, who I will be talking about in this episode. I literally have my laptop up in front of me right now, and with a few clicks, I could see who did it, but I just no, don't we're good. Like, we'll just keep I going. don't feel like doing it. If you, if, you, if you subscribe to us, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, Liam. Yes. What have you done recently involving horror movies?
1: Um, you know, I have been wanting to make a special effort to watch more horror so that I can talk about it on this show. Because I feel like right now my sort of persona on the show is the guy who doesn't do any horror shit other than the movies we watch. But there is one thing, which I suspect you will also be discussing. Yes. That is one... Cloverfield paradox. Interesting. I can talk about that. Yes, we can talk about that right now. Yeah, so... Wait, you didn't watch The Ritual? Oh, shit, I did watch The Ritual. And I watched it specifically to talk about on this show. Let's
0: talk about the good stuff first. uh, Yeah, that's fine.
1: So The Ritual, much like... The other thing we were going to talk about, Cloverfield Paradox, The Ritual is a Netflix film, exclusive, yes. mm-hmm. um, also came out unexpectedly, but not necessarily uh, dropped in the middle of the Super Bowl. Yeah, the way also,
0: the only... not a gigantic piece of shit like Cloverfield, the Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox oh, Jesus, was. Jesus, I knew we were going to get there. Uh,
1: so, yeah, The Ritual, um, I don't have the info. Do you have the info on The Ritual? I don't,
0: yet? but I mean, I don't think it's, we're not... I, I, it's a British film. It's British. It's got the. It's got the guy. It, one of one of the actors is he's part of that whole like Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright crew. At least he's in a couple other movies. Yeah, he's the dickhead from Shaun of the Dead who who fucking deals drugs. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, he's also one of the detectives in Hot Fuzz. Yes. Yes. Uh, they so both have mustaches. They though. do. Yes.
0: So uh, now. I, I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. I don't know if it's the Britishness of it all, Sure. but it started out and it reminded me a lot of like some of the pastoral horror stuff we've talked about in the past, which you can check out on our episode about The Wicker Man and Blood on Saint's Claw. Um, maybe it was like The Woods. You know, it's woodsy. It actually takes place in Sweden, Norway. Sweden. Sweden. Yeah.
1: By the way, that guy's name is Rafe Spall. Sounds like a porn star. Rafe spall you might also know him from such things as the bfg the big short black mirror oh yeah actually i remember that episode of black mirror interesting um anything else oh world's end of course yeah yeah oh life of pi he was in life of pi oh and a little film i know you enjoyed called prometheus
0: you can get <laughs> fucked
1: <laughs> okay sorry go ahead so no
0: no. uh i i really like this movie um it uh i don't want to give too much away um and i'm the the way i it, it, this was kind of interesting because i was you know I, I if you if you don't you should follow i do most of the posting on twitter you can follow us at the harbiz 666 at twitter if you want to interact with me we you know i i do a lot of weird live tweeting about shit that people who don't actually follow me interact me interact with me on uh, which is weird but whatever um but part of the beautiful thing about twitter is um numerous times now Uh, people who have shaped my taste in horror specifically, I've I've had a chance to interact with them. Specifically in this case, this movie started out feeling very pastoral horror. You know, you're dealing with these people who are, they're British people, so there is that, it's pastoral horror right there, and they're in the woods, and they're isolated, and I've heard a lot of people compare this movie to, it's like if the Blair Witch Project was good, which I don't think is a fair comparison, because this movie doesn't really have that much in common with the Blair Witch aside from its scared white people in the woods being chased by something they don't know what it is. That's I think it's for, it's I
1: would agree with you about the full car aspect if they were from there.
0: Well, I mean oh,
1: so that's part of it, but I think part of it is the uh touristas or the you know it's like the the um stranger in a strange land yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing, you know what I mean?
0: Well, hear me out. It, it started feeling that, and I, I admittedly even said it might be just because these are all British actors that are making me – that are giving me these weird vibes. But as the movie went on, it actually reminded me more of uh, – there was a horror writer who was popular in the early to mid-'90s named Douglas Clegg who – Yeah. Um, he wrote a couple of books. He wrote a, you know, some favorites. Uh, he wrote a book called You Come When I Call You. Uh, if you're a fan of It, you'll like that book. Uh, he wrote a book called The Halloween Man. Um Wrote a book called Naomi, and uh, on Twitter I compared his writing style. It's like Lovecraft without the racism. Like a lot of times he deals, his books revolve around these weird beings, be they interdimensional, whatever, that are worshipped as gods by these odd little enclaves of people, which is kind of what this movie's about. Um So. As the movie progressed, I was like, oh, this is, this is definitely like something Douglas Clegg would write, and I said so on Twitter, and he commented back at me, so that was pretty cool. Um, but hey, it all- Did he tell you to get fucked? No, he did not tell me to get fucked. He's a very nice man. He's like, oh, thank you, thank you. Thanks for reading my stuff, shithead. Get from, fucked. I'm from California, but for some reason I have a British accent. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to do a British accent. Uh, but it also, I think the scariest part of this movie for me wasn't when you see what's chasing them. The part right. that like really got under my skin... Was that fucking house they hide out in, and that thing, the effigy in the in the attic? Right, that was so scary. And then like some of the nightmare scenes where like like the one guy wakes up and he's like worshiping worshiping it. I I can't really put into words why that dug as deep as it did in me, but that that really. It's been a while since something that didn't involve aliens got to me the way that did, mm-hmm. and it's not a particularly scary scene. You know what I mean? It's just like this wooden mannequin, but there's just something about it that's really, uh, really spooky. It did me a it did me a hecking good spook, if as dogs would say. <laughs> that's a, that's one heck of a spook. Yes, yes. So, uh, how did you 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 liked it, right?
1: No, I hated that shit. No, I'm kidding. I really liked it. Oh, good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I I thought. Uh, the combination of the sort of creature thing, um, with I mean, because there's a bit of a psychological aspect to the film because um, our main character, who's played by Rafe, um, he's dealing with this trauma, and the trip is sort of related to this trauma. They have a friend; uh, they're all out. There's like a they're like a dudes group. He's like the Uh, most the least advanced everyone's moving on and he's like a kid yeah and he watches his friend get murdered and uh in a in a in a robbery and he does not make an effort to help him um which i think you could look at a few different ways i i think the film is it's clear that it affects him i was watching kind of thinking like yeah he's kind of like i get it he's kind of a coward but uh, on the other hand what was he going to do? was he really going to throw that bottle that's at that guy thing, that's, like that's, that's, it's it's the the movie does a good job of being like this is why he feels bad but it's not clear to you the audience like oh if he had just done this uh,
0: well, yeah know? to be fair like i i you know it's it, it, I, I did not get i i I saw a lot on a lot on twitter how people were like talking about how that guy was a coward but it's like i don't know what i would do in that situation you don't I mean you it, it's easy to sit here in your basement Right, you know, and talk about like, man, if me and Liam were at fucking Burger King or Taco Bell, and some motherfucker rolled up, man, I would kick some ass. But like, I don't know what I would do, and I, I, I just think that adds like a lot of, that does come up later in the movie, and I think they did a good job of using that like unspoken tension between everyone to really make things frayed between the characters from the start well and
1: and so we see more his experience but it, it seems like the other characters are also having their own reality bending experiences but his is most pronounced and and um it becomes clear that what is happening to him is slightly different that um he's kind of being invited to be a part of something that I don't really want to get into to ruin it for you but suffice it to say there's a there's a kind of psychological aspect because of that of his experience the way reality is sort of bending for him around this thing the, but then there's also the direct creature itself and a, what's going on there's there there's a
0: lot of talk about him experiencing real pain right and i think if that if if he was the the truly despicable unlikable coward that maybe some people might think he was i don't think he would have that that notion know. of like real I don't pain.
1: Know. A coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero dies. But okay. But Do you guys like it when I uh, um whisper into the microphone like no. that? I feel like this is why we should have our own ASMR show.
0: It's terrifying. We should just have arguments like that. I like having arguments like this, like totally So we're like white people on an airplane, like wait. he doesn't need to Don't talk about, about the ritual. I'm not
1: the one who ruined Easter. Okay, fine. You ruined Easter. Okay. He's never going to feel okay about the Easter Bunny ever again. Okay. You ruined it. This is, our, this is our son. Yes. Me and Liam's son. We have a son <laughs> together. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so uh, so that's been the only thing that I was 110% sold on that I've watched in the horror movies. And I've watched a lot of shit involving horror movies recently. The first thing we're going to talk about is the thing that me and Liam saw. Little little turd called The Cloverfield Paradox.
1: Look, I get it. Some people like this movie. It it seems like there's a certain section of folks who have a lot of love. 43
0: million people voted for Donald Trump.
1: Bro, I'm not here to... Let me just say my nice thing, okay? Which is that a lot of people have a lot of affection for Cloverfield, um, the original, and 10 Cloverfield Lane. And so for them, they're just stoked on a new Cloverfield movie, and then, you know, there are aspects... I'll say in the theoretical realm about this movie that are very good. But I would say then when it tries to actually portray any of those aspects in a literal film, that then the film itself, what you're actually watching is bad. In other words, this is a good idea, but no, there's no scene, no set piece, no special effect, no explanation, no character. Everything about this movie falls short of what it should be. And this is for someone who doesn't love Cloverfield and who actually thinks a third Cloverfield movie in and of itself is a dangerous prospect. And this still was surprisingly disappointing. Surprising. Partly because, we should just name it, this is a stellar cast. To me, yes. yeah. this is a better cast than the last movie, and I love the cast of the last movie. But this had the possibility to be even better than 10 Cloverfield Lane which I had very mixed feelings about uh, and it is not it is far below uh, uh, feels almost entirely unrelated to 10 Cloverfield Lane it's almost
0: it, it's weird they said it. it's almost like they took <laughs> oh a God. movie that had nothing to do with Cloverfield no, and just I know, I know. unceremoniously jammed a fucking Cloverfield bullshit into it it's almost like it's almost like they're doing with Cloverfield what they were doing with Hellraiser in the, in the, in the early 2000s yep or um, starship troopers or to to better effects die hard
1: or uh this time they come back sometimes sometimes they come back back. sometimes they come back for more
0: again (laughs) i have never been more disappointed in my entire life in a work of art other than the time that fucking morbid angel released a new metal record back in 2011 this movie okay so first off that's a lot you're asking a lot of me right now (sighs) I said me. I didn't say you. For me to go along with I'm you in I'm speaking on my behalf.
1: This is a crazy journey you okay. want me to go on right now. Here's why this movie
0: was a pile of horse shit. I'm with you up to that point. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the dis, it's the level of disappointment I want I, to No, because here's the thing. Okay, okay so I'm, I'm watching the fucking Super Bowl. I'm watching Tom Brady take a fucking beating. Okay, That was amazing, it was beautiful that was, that I love was, it that was, I didn't watch it,
1: but I, I liked seeing people I'll, talk about it over Twitter
0: I'll go on record and say I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles I don't I don't really care about sports But I actually have a dislike for Tom Brady So the enemy of my enemy is my friend When that trailer for for Cloverfield para- The Cloverfield Paradox came on And they were like In 2008 something found us dun, 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 dun. Random shots from Cloverfield Now find out how it started Dun 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 the Cloverfield Paradox, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is cool!" And then it was available right after the fucking Super Bowl, so I watched Tom Brady fall to the ground and mope like a child. And then I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna go watch the Cloverfield Paradox. This is what's up. Let's he, fucking do this." It was very much like a he, child. The best is when they tried to do the fucking pass to him, and he dropped the ball. The the the, the Philadelphia Eagle mascot made fun of him. I will. That is amazing. This movie's a fucking mess. None of it makes any fucking sense. Uh, it Typical J.J. J. Abrams fashion, they just throw a bunch of shit at the wall, a bunch of weird shit, which I'm okay with weird shit, but then they just don't explain any, any of it. Um, it's just stupid, and at the very end, we see the Cloverfield monster. It, it makes me feel like J.J.
1: J. Abrams has even less respect for this series than I do, especially the way that they're um, advertising it like, you know, the explanation... It's like, you're going to really put this movie out as an explanation for this thing Are you're is, trying to build into a whole series? There are
0: Cloverfield apologists out there who are like, well, actually, when you see Don L. Logue, Harvey Bullock, whatever, I can't pronounce his name, I don't know. Uh, the Harvey Bullock talking about monsters, that's it's 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 the fucking... It's the, it's the, the particle accelerator. It, it sent different Cloverfield monsters to different times. And I'm like... That's great. Where'd the fucking monster come from to begin with? You know what I mean? It wasn't like... It just—it was just stupid. It was a fucking waste of time.
1: I think that very much they could have established that, but they didn't. No, they didn't. It's fine if someone wants to say that's their theory, but once someone says that's their theory, they're different Cloverfield monsters through time. I'm like, cool. Yeah. That's fine, but that's not actually literally in the movie. No yeah. one literally says that. Yeah. And this, well, he hints at it like... That's not much of a hint. Lots of people hint at lots of things. I mean, there's uh, the weird, the, the rest of the movie seems to suggest that we're in the same time. Yes. And so we would need something else to indicate that it's not the same time, other than, well, actually, we don't need anyone to indicate to us. What we need is an indication that the director, or better put, the person editing this movie to make it about Cloverfield, which it's not. It's
0: way the fuck not.
1: Uh, that that person understands that some of us were paying attention. Yes. And we have a problem and they need to like assuage us on this
0: problem. Some of us can read and therefore we understand <laughs> that this movie is not about Cloverfield.
1: So, some of us understand that if you had an entire movie uh, with uh, camcorders that were using tapes,
0: that that was literally okay. a different era now, of technology. Call me cynical. Guilty. I said it about 10 Cloverfield Lane that they took a movie that they couldn't market. They couldn't. It wasn't good enough for them to really stand on its own. And they just fucking shoved Cloverfield into it. But the difference between this and 10 Cloverfield Lane is that like as much as I was pissed off at the end of Cloverfield Lane, which I like the rest of Cloverfield Lane, except for the ending. As much as I was pissed off at that, when I went online and I read all the ARG augmented reality bullshit, I like begrudgingly admitted that it made sense. I was like, "I'm okay. I'm on board with this. This is this is as it's a reach, but it's I've reached for more. Yeah, I've reached for less. I've 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 done I've done more for less. This movie is like asking me to fucking believe in Santa Claus for real, and I'm not doing it." And it's stupid. And it's just... It's very clearly like... They very clearly are using the Cloverfield idea to market subpar movies and to turn a buck. And I mean, I know that's not some big revelation. But that's all it is. And it's really shitty.
1: It is weird that some people are still treating that like it's a conspiracy theory and not a actual fact? confirmed fact.
0: Yeah. Like, I think on Bloody Discussing the other last week, they actually released an article about it. And people... People were like, "No, you don't really think that." It's like, "Yes, I know that. Like if you don't think that, you're 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 an idiot."
1: So many marks in this world. There are. Here's here's the thing. I don't care if it works. They can buy every shitty movie. I mean, this is the other thing too. Um what was the 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 movie that this was originally was The God Particle. The God Particle, particle yeah. That movie must have had a budget to get all these fucking actors on it. Yes, like so that tells me that it's not that they're just buying B movie schlock and trying to upgrade it. This is a a budgeted movie that failed, that was just not working. And oh yeah, like let's re chop it up and add some Cloverfield it's,
0: shit. It, it's also not a coincidence that they announced the trailer at time halfti- uh, like shortly before halftime in the Super Bowl, that the movie would day de- that the movie would debut. An hour after that. Like, that's a marketing gimmick. That's all that was. That's all it was was a fucking marketing gimmick to get people to tune into it.
1: Again, what bones me out about this sort of thing, though, the marketing gimmick, the chopping of the movies together, is how poorly it's done. Like, um, I guess the reality is that if it was good, they wouldn't have to do it this way. But I'd love just once... For someone to come up with a bunch of like corny ass shit like this that actually pays off in something. Yeah. You know, that it was like, All right, I guess I'm gonna watch this thing that just sort of came out of nowhere. And then you watch it and be like, Oh wow, that was really fun. Like that was really good. And 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 I do want to acknowledge like for some people that's that's the experience they had. They had fun with it. I saw people talking about it. I know for some folks they really enjoy it. Not gonna name names. I'll name a name. Fucking Justin Arlen wrote, <laughs> wrote an article that literally was titled Don't Let the Haters of Fun Ruin Cloverfield for You or some bullshit. Uh big Damn. ups big ups to Cinepunk's own Jaime uh Burchard, who also wrote an article in defense of Cloverfield, only he didn't actually defend it. Far more measured. He just talked about that he liked it. Yeah. And then fully acknowledged that some people might not like it. Um I I appreciate that. Uh, but he, I just, again, you make a decision for yourself, people. But to me, there was a lot of good ideas in the Cloverfield Paradox that didn't happen. You know, that, that the idea that they go to another dimensional plane, destroy the other space station, and then have to deal with this like new world that they're in. There's a lot of cool possibilities there that were not explored. No, and Instead, we got A... Uh, political tensions that are never fully explained so we don't understand why everyone is so uptight b worms in a guy fuckem and 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 part of the spaceship in a guy yeah which there wasn't enough of that sort of thing to even explain that we get random new character that we don't know who she is she's trapped in the station and she her motivations are never clear the whole time no
0: you know it's it's weird it's almost like jj J. abrams has this history of just uh, coming up with weird shit and never explaining it and making up on the fly. So you're saying he lost it this whole I thing? I would say that I feel lost oh my God. in the Cloverfield Paradox. Can we move on? Yes. Let's talk about, uh, we talked about this, had a brief conversation on Twitter, the newest Hellraiser movie, Hellraiser Judgment, which Liam did not watch, but I did because I am the, a friend of the people. I'll be brief.
1: We'll just go ahead and mention, it's worth mentioning, that we were specifically asked by two Grindhouse-related efforts, Grindhouse Messiah, which is Justin Harlan, who I was just dissing, <laughs> his uh, um, podcast with the very awesome Monda McLaren, uh, and I mean, that's not his actual name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> that's just, his Twitter name. Is, yeah. People know him on Twitter, so it's Yeah, on. yeah. And then um, there's a website, I don't know how new they are, relatively new, called uh, Grindhouse Theology a uh, very specifically Christian focused horror website. Uh, to me, y'all know I'm a, in some sense, a person of faith. The idea of an actual Jesusly focused horror website is like super problematic to me in the sense of like they're gonna have some embarrassing weird takes on stuff. And so far I've only read a few of their things, uh, but it seems pretty chill actually. Yeah. So I'm surprised they seemed really nice. So I got those two connected since they basically are doing the same thing in different forms yeah. so that's cool. Anyways, they were having a conversation about the new Hellraiser. I guess Justin found it kind of theologically interesting. I don't know
0: how he did though because I'm not Here's the thing. I mean, he's I, not as smart as us. No, but okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not going to say that.
1: Yo, Justin listens to this show. So if I say mean things about him, it's because I'm directly messing with my friend. Yes. I want you all to know that Justin Harlan is really great. His website is really great. His podcast is he really great. He surprised
0: me at work a few weeks ago, and it was the fucking highlight of my month. Um, I don't really... I mean, I don't want to give too much away. I, I, I guess maybe his definition of, quote-unquote, theologically interesting differs from mine. Because for me... If I'm thinking of the right part, it just made it, – it, it seemed like a very cynical view of uh, Christian cosmology, I guess, is the term. I don't want to say mythology because I don't want to offend anybody, but the – You can say mythology. The, the, the Judeo-Christian mythos. No. It just, if it's the part that I'm thinking of, it's found out – I'll just fucking say it because it, I don't, it doesn't really spoil anything. We find out that there is a serial killer. The whole point of this movie is like there, there's these cops that are hunting for the serial killer and uh, at, at the very end we find out like Pinhead is like – and then we found out that there's these like back alley dealings with an angel who comes down and she's like, no, the Lord has different plans for him. Let him go and Pinhead's like, P- I don't understand the machinations of the Jehovah and it turns out that God wants this serial killer on earth to terrorize people into believing in God. I don't think that's what God would do, but you know, whatever. I mean, if you were to believe in said individual, I don't think that. I'm saying, even if, even as a believer, I would be like, I don't think that's how God works. I am. Um, I get, I,
1: haven't, I haven't watched it, so I guess I'll watch it so just so I can. So I'll in just this I'll
0: say what I liked about it. Um. And again, I, I, I post a lot about this on Twitter, so if you follow you, us, you can you, see there.
1: You've, and you've
0: seen all of these movies. This is a thing in your life, is watching. Yeah, it, I like the Hellraiser, Hellraiser movies generally. This is crazy talk, but okay, go ahead. Uh, um, I'll just say up front that the dude who plays Pinhead, he's not bad, but he's not but Doug Bradley. So don't even go into this movie expecting. No one's Doug Bradley. No, but I'm saying, like, you know, I don't want. Like, if you honestly go into this movie and you think you're not going to be disappointed by this guy not being Doug Bradley, you're deluded. Sure, because he's fine, but he's Doug Bradley is just amazing. I will say, however, and I think we're I think uh, I, I I realize I read the the Wikipedia page on this today, and it turns out that this character that I really liked wasn't technically a Cenobite, and I called him a Cenobite, but he's it's actually the he's the director of this movie, uh, Gary tunnecliffe who has done makeup for every movie dating back to Bloodline, so part four. I don't know. Um, he also wrote but did not direct Revelations. Uh but he wrote and directed this movie and he starred as this character named the Auditor, who I was he was just so charming. He's got these glasses on and he was just like it was it was a neat character. Like he would basically like, when people would get to hell, he would like he would sit there and talk to him like, Tell me about your life and he would type it up and there's one scene where he's dealing with a child molester and he's like, Yeah, just tell me what happened and the guy's like, Oh, I couldn't help myself. He's that's oh, so unfortunate. Just like there was something about him that I was like, it kinda reminded me of Doug Bradley, like at, at, at his like driest. But and there's there's a lot of points again where I mentioned these back alley back alley dealings where he's like caught in the middle of it and he's just like fretting like, oh dear, that's the surgeon will not be happy with this. And I was like, it's kinda of like C3PO-ish. I don't know. I just I just I just liked it. Um
1: This all sounds terrible.
0: Watch the fucking movie, asshole. Maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh where the movie falls shorts is that it's a falls uh, Fall Shorts. Fall shorts, fall shorts. <laughs> He where the movie falls short is that it's basically just another. This is the third movie we've dealt with where there's been like detectives investigating a serial killer who were up to no good. And then there's the fucking twist at the end, which I saw coming from a mile away. So um, I think this movie was better than Hellraiser 3 and Hellraiser Revelations and Hellraiser Hellseeker and Hellraiser Hellworld and Hellraiser Deader. But not as good as Hellraiser, Hellbound, Bloodline and Inferno take that
1: was the revelation that in the fall
0: you should wear pants and not shorts i don't know this was hellraiser judgment not hellraiser revelations Oh my god! i watched three minutes and 56 seconds of hellraiser revelations before i turned it off it was that bad that movie was unfucking watchable
1: um i like two hellraiser movies i know you do you like the first two and i don't know why you like the fourth one and i've seen three no i never I've never seen four
0: you've never seen hellraiser four no. I watched Hellraiser 3 and went, well, I'm done. I know. Hellraiser 3 is a pile of shit. Hellraiser 4 is 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 actually good. Get out of my face. You've never seen it. I don't care. You <sighs> Somehow I'm the close-minded person. <laughs> First of all, I never said you were close-minded. But other people have. And they're not wrong. I am a very ignorant <laughs> and backwards person at times. I just look, 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 look.
1: I've never jumped off a bridge either, but I
0: bet that it's That not is be a sh- horrible <laughs> analogy. That's literally the worst analogy you could have come up with.
1: Look, I've never eaten human shit either, but I I suspect
0: I will not enjoy it. No, the quote you were looking for is I've never eaten sewer rat and it might taste like pumpkin pie, but I'll never know I'll eat them, motherfucker. Uh, that's
1: the quote you're looking that for. That was
0: definitely not the quote I was looking for. Anyway, That's actually good. So No, how-
1: I mean I guess I I, it, uh, I how did you get up the energy to invest
0: in Hellraiser movies? Like drove to the store. No,
1: I mean invest your time and and whatever to the fuck watch.
0: What Else, am I gonna do?
1: <laughs> There's so many other movies to watch. You don't find yourself overwhelmed by the vast sea of good movies to watch that you couldn't possibly bring yourself to now be up to date on the
0: Hellraiser series. Someone's got to be. Oh my God. <laughs> Someone has to be stand bravely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move on from Hellraiser. But I, me, Justin Lore As a sentinel and a guardian and a fucking hero of the horror community, stands. I am a hero for watching Hellraiser and Judgment. And more importantly, I am a hero for watching Day of the Dead Bloodline. Oh, I accept your Hero of the Day Award. I am the Hero of the Day that Metallica sang about in their song Hero of the Day offload. I thank you for thanking me. You're welcome for watching this movie. So you don't have to. This might have been one of the worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) In your case, it's saying a lot. It really is. The acting, um, at times, was Tommy Wiseau level. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. Um, This is, okay. Remember how when we were kids, you get into punk, and your parents are like, it's just screaming bullshit. They're just screaming the whole time. You don't understand what you're saying. You're like, no, mom, Ian McKay is singing about not doing drugs. You don't get it. Or Youth of Today is singing about not doing drugs. You don't get it. Or John Joseph is singing about overpowering and overcoming. You don't fucking get it. And then years later, you hear Naked City, the John Zorn band, and you're like, oh, no, this is what my parents thought punk sounded like, just screaming and gibberish. This movie is what every single person who hates on remakes Shout out to John Wren. Thinks every remake is. This movie was so fucking bad, I was screaming at my computer at one point, literally screaming at my computer. Um, and that's not even that's on the te- that's that's the movie from a technical viewpoint. That's the acting. Were you screaming? What is a Blu-ray? No, I was not screaming. What is a Blu-ray? You fucking <laughs> asshole. I was upset by the technical aspects of this movie, by the acting, by the special effects, by the script, by all of that. That's what drove me to the brink of madness. What truly pushed me into the Stygian depths of insanity was when I made the mistake of watching the special features. And it actually transgressed from bad art to morally reprehensible fish shit. There is. I'm completely serious. I know I have a flair for the hyperbolic. I know I'm very melodramatic at times. I get worked up easily. I'm not a stable person. There is a scene in this, and I did this on. You can you could bear witness to this on. I I did an Instagram live thing about it. One of the characters, Max, he's the fucking he's the bub analog in this movie. He's a raper He he attempts to rape this character Zoe, who's his his girlfriend. He he tries to rape her. He gets killed by a zombie. He gets bit. He comes back and he spends the whole movie trying to rape her again. And I'm not making light of that. That's the fucking plot of this movie. So then in the special features, when they're interviewing these people, they start out and they're like, yeah, we're all like big George Romero fans. And I'm like, y'all are fucking lucky George Romero didn't rise from the grave like a fucking ringwraith and pull your fucking children's heads off in front of you for doing this. But then they interview this actor who played the zombies, the, the zombie's name is Max. And he describes Max as misunderstood, who has a one, an unrequ- unrequited love for Zoe. This dude described attempted rape as unrequited love. That is, That goes so far beyond bad filmmaking into actual, like, shitty human behavior. Like, just fuck it. Fuck it. I mean, it, it was just a horrible shit show. And you're welcome. You don't have to watch this movie. And it's because of brave people like me that you don't have to watch this movie. You don't have to see this movie. It's terrible. Don't watch it. That's all I got to say about that. As far as gummed it right there, I'm done. Oh my! I've ran out of gas. So I guess we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about 1983's "The Deadly Spawn," which was a rather deadly John for us to watch.
2: Oh my God! But uh, we have What was that? First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. Learn something. The deadly spawn. The nightmare is just beginning. <laughs> What do you do when unknown terror surrounds you? What do you do when there is no escape? Nowhere to hide from being eaten alive. What the f*** is that? The Deadly Spawn. They just keep multiplying like demon seed. The Deadly Spawn, extraterrestrial terror. They're full of surprises. And the best is yet to come. Let it go! Let it go! There's no such thing! Can anything stop these strange creatures? The movie real science fiction fans have been waiting for. The Deadly Spawn wants you to see them at this theater soon. They need every person they can get. New from 21st Century Distribution. Rated R.
0: I guess that means we're back.
2: (laughs) We are back to talk
0: about 1983's The Deadly Spawn. Released on April twenty second, 1983, the day before I was born, motherfuckers, I am the actual deadly spawn that has come to this world to consume all of you. Not really. Written and directed by Douglas McEwen, who, or McEwen, McEwen, McEwen we'll go with that, who, according to IMD, enjoys New York, UFOs, rare films, and Rufus Wainwright. I'll go out on a limb and say I kind of like all those things too. Is he a fucking? Is this his fucking Tinder profile? I don't know. What is uh, going that's on? what it says. In, if you go to this movie and you go under trivia for this guy, it says he's from there. He's from here. He does this. He enjoys New York UFOs, rare films. I want to find this guy. Does it talk about how he really likes to combine leather jackets and Hawaiian shirts? I don't think that was the director. I think that was like the producer. No, that's definitely the director. Was that the, the Was that the director? Yeah, because remember we watched. The special features. I didn't know that was the director, though. I thought that was the producer. Or wh- one of the eight producers. I don't think... I thought the thing that we watched was an interview with the guy who owns the house. Liam and I watched some, some special feature where a gentleman in a leather jacket and a Hawaiian shirt was like, Yeah, so I got this uh, Deadly Spawn poster and this tooth. And uh, it's from the Deadly Spawn. And a Muppet. let <laughs> check out this puppet I got.
1: So the Deadly Spawn is a low, 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 low budget, budget.
0: low, low budget film. It's um, the Ted Cruz of horror films when it comes. No, I'm sorry, that was Jeb Bush. It was low energy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So low, low budget. It was filmed in New Jersey. Yes, in Gladstone, New Brunswick, and Palisades Park, New Jersey. The New Jerusalem. <laughs> That's Salem's Lot. New Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was filmed in the new jerusalem in the new jerusalem um and uh, it was actually so one of the interesting things about this movie is uh the the uh, there's a few I was about to say the main actor but one of the characters is a young young children Chris Hildebrandt uh named Charles George Hildebrandt Charles yeah what the Chris, what the fuck am I talking about and his dad Tom Hildebrandt is uh one of the Famous among nerds, Hildebrandt Brothers, mm-hmm. because they did a lot of illustrationes in, for in,
0: various RPGs. Including, but not limited to, a drawing I saw of Jabba the Hutt eating a plate full of insects. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they usually do like fairy... Fairy?
1: I, I don't... I mean, they usually do sword and sandal sort of drawings. Like and, Frank Frazetta, but a little more... Not like Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta has a lot of texture. That's and none of his... Bodies make any sense It's
0: the same thing It's the same it's Subject the same matter thing. It's the same subject matter Sword and sorcery Fucking men with swords and shit But it's not all like Super detailed
1: He's a fantasy artist And they filmed the whole thing In his fucking house and Yeah And I guess in exchange For them filming at his house His fucking kid is in it I don't fucking know Yeah gets actually pretty good Yeah it was good actually The only scenes that they
0: didn't film In
1: um, Bumblefuck New Jersey Were the basement scenes Those were all filmed In
0: New Brunswick Yeah So it's like a theme song for a New Brunswick basement show.
1: (laughs) Yo, what if that really is a famous basement in New Brunswick? Like, what if, like, literally they finish filming this, and then five years later, Lifetime played
0: there? Yeah, or, like, fucking, like, Vision. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's entirely possible. It is. It is. I mean, I saw my first show was a New Brunswick basement show. So, uh... So this movie's about this thing, this rock that falls out of the sky. And this shit comes out of it and starts eating people. Inside of it is a spawn. It's a spawn of the deadly variety, <laughs> uh, and it you know it kills these campers. It's pretty cool actually. And then it goes to this. There's like this. So goddamn unprofessional. Saying whatever. Um, kills these campers and then it moves into this house. There's like this house, and it's raining, and they're in the basement, and then fucking mayhem ensues, and it comes down to. The kids have to stop it. This kid, Charles Hildenbrandt, him and his older brother and their friends have to stop this thing.
1: It also uh, there the so uh, there's the the main focus is this one house where this family is, and their uh, the aunt and uncle are visiting. Yes, the main the mom and dad of this family unit. Are dead first
0: thing Within minutes and They they're just fucking go down dead. To
1: the basement and Check it out While everyone else Is asleep And then they're dead
0: I'm Brutally m- fucking Slaughtered by these So then thing.
1: the aunt and uncle Are l- kind of left in charge uh, You know un- Surprisingly left They weren't planning on it I I'm wouldn't
0: I wouldn't trust the uncle With
1: my life <laughs> the, the uncle The uncle He's uh, He's a psychologist um, whose fashion sense is somewhere around the he's he sort of reminds you of someone who also thinks they're a psychologist but has been in um the subway station
0: for thirty years. Yeah. He falls somewhere between Jeffrey Dahmer and Richard Speck when it comes to fashion sense. Yeah. And I it, trust him about as much as I would trust those gentlemen. So somewhat ironically, the the
1: aunt is going to their grandmother's house for a vegetarian meal. Interesting. And at the meal they are
0: attacked by the deadly spawn. The, yeah, the deadly spawn are like these like there's, like, the main, the I guess, the mother spawn, we'll call it. Sure. Which is this, like... I actually think the design is really creepy. Um, It, it, it looks sort of like... If you imagine, like, Audrey from the 80s... um, Audrey 2 from the 80s uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It's vaguely like that. It's basically just a fucking mouth with, like, a shitload of teeth. And then it's bracketed by, like, these two other smaller mouths with teeth. And it has two, like, long T-Rex arms... I mean I know that T-Rex arms aren't long, but imagine if you took a T-Rex arm and you made it long. Get the two claws in the end. And then there's just, – it just, it just keeps producing these like tiny – they're like tadpoles with teeth. Um, and they infest this basement. Um, The aunt goes to visit the grandmother who's a vegetarian. She's having a vegetarian lunch. The, the, the baby spawns go there and they fucking – mayhem ensues. They attack these people um cuz they're eating shitty boring ass fucking vegetarian food that as a vegan made me sick to my stomach. I don't want to eat fucking lentil loaf and rice. Give me fake meat covered in brown sauce. i was going to say this is cuz you hate vegetables. I hate vegetables so much. I was like watching this and we were like, "Ugh, what are these people doing? Don't they know that we have like beyond meat burgers that fucking bleed when we cook them now? Jesus. Get with the program, fucking old women."
1: I anyway. hate you so. Anyway.
0: I hate you so. Anyway. Much. So No, this movie probably sounds like we're describing it. It's like thing, you know, monster from space is eating people and it's up to teenagers. to Stop it. Is it formulaic? Yes. Has it been done before? Absolutely. But what I think sets this movie apart is like, it's a really, really claustrophobic movie. Most of this movie takes place in two rooms, like the basement and then like, we'll make it four rooms. The basement, the kid's bedroom, the living room, and then like the attic. Um... It
1: it's a movie that I think benefits from its limitations. Yes, uh, it it uses the space it has very well, and it uses you know all this movie is is these fucking prosthetic alien-y things. You take away these aliens, all you've got is a bunch of people not really doing. Much. Oh yeah,
0: but at the same time, I but, but they work really well. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the one of the scenes that I think is like re- was really like, I mean, even watching it now was was really creepy. Is this kid? Uh, he goes down in the basement because the electrician comes over, and he's like, "I am gonna scare the electrician." Because this kid, he's this little nerd who's like obsessed with horror movies. I don't know anyone like that. And he sees the electrician go down in the basement. And he's like, "I am gonna fucking get this. I am gonna spook him." And he goes down there, and the deadly spawn has eaten the electrician. The sound effects were really disgusting, too. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds like wet... It actually sounds like they're ripping skin apart. Um, So he goes down there, and um, he sees... He's, like, searching in the dark, and then this thing is just in the fucking room with him. It's just, like, dark, dank, unfinished basement. It's like a dungeon. This kid has a dungeon for a basement for some reason. And there's, like, an inch of water on the ground, which is weird. I mean, it's raining, but uh, whatever. So he sees all these, like, little things swimming around, and then, like, there's just fucking blood everywhere. And then there's this monster in the room with him. And there's something very primordially primordially creepy about being in a dark room with a monster and not even really re- re- not 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 knowing it. Um the monster's blind and is attracted by sound, so this kid's very lucky it didn't eat him. So he like shines a light on this monster and then what does the monster do? It spits his mother's severed head out at him and then baby deadly spawn proceed to eat his mom's head in front of him. And this kid has to stay quiet because these things hunt by sound. That alone right there sets this apart from like, you know, your typical uh teenagers versus space monsters. Like it gets really brutal really fast in a way that a lot of these movies don't. Like Night of the Creeps is good, but it never really goes to the point of where a, a child is watching his mother's severed head be eaten by fucking deadly spawns.
1: Well, but that's still I mean, I think it's a movie on a different level. Like I think um deadly spawn it it is very much a low budget creature feature but it kind of has the goofiness of an older film like a 50s film but it, yeah but it has the
0: unapologetic gore of its time oh yeah it, this this is a, this is an 80s movie when it comes to like gore this is an 80s movie through and through like we see a lot of really cool gore we see a woman get her head bitten off she falls out a window um we see the creepy uncle get eaten by the deadly spawn. We see old women get attacked by the deadly spawn. We see a deadly spawn get attacked by a deadly spawn. There's a lot of blood in this movie. And there's also a lot of terrible acting. Really?
1: Yes. However, it's charming. Like th- this is one of those weird alchemies of films that are hard to explain. But like if you go to see some like next level Hollywood film and the budget's booming and everything makes sense, and then there's a f- relatively famous person in the movie, and that person is just eating shit just the whole time. You're like, "Fuck, why are you so bad in this movie?" Yeah, like, that's really painful. Most of the people in this film are not actors, and I would suggest that they don't know much about acting. I put you the these most of these people have never acted in another movie ever again. Yeah, this is it. This is their one thing. This is they're shooting their shot, and I don't know what it is about it, but it's entirely charming. The whole time, you know, the kid is awkward. His older brother is in the wrong movie. His older brother is miscast. His <laughs> older... I mean, okay, in real life, we all know that there are scientists and intellectuals and probably, you know, PhD professors and all this stuff who uh have a thick ass, thicker than, thicker than, I want to admit, Jersey accent. Yes. Like this guy is straight up the stand-in for John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Fuck yes. Like, like, he's just so... And
0: he's up there like, uh, you know, it's not even scientifically possible for this to be from space. Look, you mean to tell me that? you mean to tell me that houseflies come from a moon on Jupiter? You saying that? Tell me this, asshole. And why do they got the same nucleotides as every other life on Earth? Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I'll see you in a little bit. Like, they bring... They find, like, this deadly spawn and they're dissecting it. And he's like, you know what this shit's like? This is like a fucking coelacanth. You know what that is? That's a fish they thought was dead. That it wasn't dead. And it's just like, but in that guy's defense, the second he puts on glasses, though, total fucking nerd. Total nerd. Like when you first see him and he's in his underwear, which is weird. Which is really creepy. So there's, there's uh, A, there's weird moments in the movie. Like
1: the, the beginning of the movie, we get, we get some nudity it's weird it does it's i don't i'm not disrespecting the person it's just strange because it's it's done in a way that an 80s movie would do with like a young starlet and it's the mom and she's just not a
0: young starlet
1: no but i don't it's not that she's unattractive per se but it's just a weird choice because she's just in this like see-through nighty and it's like why are you making that like what is accomplished for the movie by doing that? Like at, at least when a film is, is objectifying someone clearly, you know why they're doing it. Cause they're trying to make money. Yes. In this film, it's like, did she just say like, I just want to be topless at the scene and they're like, All right, I guess so. Yeah, That's fine. it's it's weird. It's a weird character choice, but okay. And especially because there's no sexiness the entire rest of the movie. There's even a love subplot. There is. There's there's like which, tension. Which by the way, they have to basically nix because the actress who's in the movie had to go. Yeah. So they just kill her off unceremoniously. They just it, chop her head off it, and it throw it her out a window. It, it literally felt like just one day on set. They were like, Everybody, Tina's gotta go. So uh I guess we're changing the scene. She dies now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, all right, sounds good.
0: And they did it, and like, they're like, can I die graciously? Uh, no, we're going to cut your head off and then push you out a window. So basically, things come to a bit of a head
1: with all the spawns. All the deadly spawns. All the deadly spawns. It's getting out of control. They're they're chewing on wires. They're fucking infesting people. But then we move into, a, into an end of the Night of the Living Dead scenario. And by that, I don't mean a metaphor for violence against people of color. But what I do mean is it, we're kind of getting ahead of this thing.
0: We got it. We got we, it under we're, our control. We're, we're going to be okay.
1: They they basically arm a bunch of people, not with guns, but with tasers on the end of C- Cattle prods. <laughs> but they're not even straight cattle prods. They're like cattle prods duct taped to sticks. They're very shittily made. The point Deadly is, spawn the point is, devices. is that they're definitely winning out against these spawn, or so it seems. And so we have sort of an extended denouement at the end with all this spawn murdering and checking in on people and figuring out if they're traumatized or not. Um, and then it has an
0: awesome stinger at the end, just uh, way better than it. In all seriousness, way better than it has any right to be. Well, it's it, what it is.
1: What it feels like, it's a justification for the first shot. The because. Mo- I mean, not the very first shot, but the, the first shot, post-credits, there's this model shot of the house. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, and I did know it was going to happen, thinking, why do they have a model of the house? Yeah, the, There's a house. The house exists. Yeah, They could just do an establishing shot of the house, same thing, but it's a model. And all that, the
0: model shot of the house at the beginning of the movie is to set up the End of the movie Because there's there's this the, 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 Okay so the house itself In real life That if it wasn't If Liam and I Were not in the grips Of winter's last gasp Right now here In eastern Pennsylvania And there wasn't It wasn't snowing outside We could go right now If we wanted to It's not far away Not far away from where We are right now at all It's in New Brunswick We can stop at fucking uh That uh, Are you hungry And get fat cat sandwiches Yep there's a hill next to the house. In in, in in this long model shot, there's a hill next to the house. That's not there in the regular shot. The regular house is kind of surrounded by woods and suburbs. But there in this model shot in the beginning, you see this fucking hill next to it. And you're like, okay, so what? It's a hill. And then at the very end, the last shot is like – it's like at night. It's, I'm assuming it's the night of the after the spawn of being contained, and the cops are like – Yeah, so it's all quiet over here. I think we got him on. He's like, yeah, Jimmy over on 2nd Street. He just got some. We're killing him. He's like, all right, man. Well, some of these things are like the size of dogs. We got him. And then you hear this fucking rumbling. And it pans out. The cop starts panicking. And it's the model shop with the hill next to it. And all of a sudden, the fucking hill itself rears up. And the hill is a giant, deadly spawn. And I know you're like, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm sorry for ruining it for you. But if you have seen this movie... It's really fucking cool. It looks really fucking cool, because it it, it doesn't make any sense, admittedly, because the house has been there, the hill's been there the whole time, but it's still such a fucking cool, like like Liam said, it's such a cool like eighty style stinger. Like you think you were safe? Well, think again, motherfucker. Because this, but,
1: but it's also so fifty sci
0: fi horror. Yeah, to even be like, no, there's a still bigger exactly. one. The closest thing I could think of the closest thing that's made me feel this way was in the remake of the, uh, of the blob at the very end, after they freeze the blob and then it cuts to that shot of the, the evangelical tent revival and Dell is like doing his like thing. And that woman comes, he's talking about the, the star wormwood falling from the sky and the revelation and the beast and the apocalypse. And then that woman comes in and she goes, father, when will it happen? And then he like holds up the jar of the mini blob and he has the baby blob. He's like, "Soon, my child." Like, I remember seeing that for the first time, and go, like, oh, "Fuck, this is all for nothing. We we didn't make it." And that's how the Deadly Spawn makes you feel. Like it's a fun, goofy, silly movie until you realize there's a giant Deadly Spawn that's still out there, living under the hill. And I know it sounds really corny, but take my word for it; it's not corny at all. Um,
1: I I feel like this what you just said is basically the theme of the Deadly Spawn. Like, if you were trying to talk to someone about daily Spawn, you just say, now look, I know this sounds corny, but it's not, trust me. That's kind of what the whole movie is, and I think because of that, because A, this fucking rubber thing they made, which is just a rubber thing, it's not even like there's a guy in there. There's a puppet version, but I think for the most part, the thing we're looking at is the thing we're looking at, just a big old rubber thing with teeth. It's still really effective and it still works it's it's corny but it's it's done in such a way that like i don't know it just works and and the the movie has fun with it while still
0: being kind of brutal here's what i think sets us apart from most goofy monster movies it works well when it's in the basement and it's like kind of like lurking in the shadows and it's really creepy it works well then But for me, it worked even more when it was like in the upstairs hallway in like full light, like lurching down the hallway after these kids, and it's just growling and tripping everywhere. Those scenes are really effective. Like, well, it feels to me like they never let's be
1: clear. (laughs) When we say effective, we don't mean the witch effective. Like, no, I think think it's important to point out, you know, because I, I say this because Justin actually does get scared at movies. So if I say like something's cool, I'm the sort of person that. When I say it's cool, I could mean <laughs> I was kind of giggling at it, or I could mean I kind of pooped myself a little bit. Yeah, because I'm so. Whereas when Justin's into it, it could mean he was actually scared. Justin's not scared of the deadly spawn; he doesn't mm, like that aliens. Scene in
0: the but was... you're not scared of it. I'm not going to go home and lay awake, and if I hear a noise, I'm not going to say, "I hope that's not the deadly spawn." I'm going to say, right. "That's the fucking aliens from Dark Skies or a xenomorph." So it's fun, it's goofy, but it's still work it's never i
1: i guess i i guess the way to put it is um i'm laughing but i feel like i'm laughing in some ways along with you're not laughing at the movie yeah and and that laughing along with is kind of less like laughing along with like someone's uh making a really goofy joke more laughing along with like when i pick up my daughter and i throw her up in the air and she's like laughing, like this is really fun. Some part of her is also like scared, like that's part of the fun. Yeah, is like I don't think I'm gonna fall to my death, but this is kind of fun. Like that's I think with this movie, like it's not like scary, scary, but when the thing comes out in the house, it's kind of like ugh. yeah, like, I expect it to look stupid, and it doesn't. It doesn't look real,
0: but it doesn't look stupid either. It's it's unsettling a little bit. It, it, it's uh there's a when. Just to put the, – the, a few uh, – last year um, when Exhum Films did the benefit for uh, James Harris, they did a double feature of this and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And I remember thinking, what a perfect combination. What a perfect pairing of movies. Um, I mean it, Killer Clowns is obviously a little goofier than this. But the basic plot is still the same and it still kind of works on the same level like it's it, it, again it's it's not as silly as killer clowns obviously cuz they're fucking clowns but it still has that idea of like yeah this is kind of funny and it's kind of silly and I'm I'm in on the joke I'm in on it this is like goofy but at the same time like I still I could I, I it's still threatening and it still works as a horror movie and not like a horror comedy or like it, this isn't this isn't a movie that's it's so bad it's good it, I I guess is the best way to put it like it's actually it's a it's a good a good wholesome fun movie. Not wholesome but fun.
1: Yeah, I mean I think again there there needs to be this other category and we've talked about this a little bit where it's like um it's not so bad it's good but it's so surprisingly good for how bad it is, which is like a different thing. Like this is like people clearly shooting on weekends for yes. no money who've never fucking made a movie before. They've just seen a movie. And that's the difference. Is that these are not movie makers no. per se. They're just people who were like, "Let's make a movie."
0: It was literally like the guy was like in the special features, they had to like borrow money from their families to get to to put together to make this movie. And they just did what they they didn't set out with a vision. They made a movie based on what they had, which is really fucking admirable. To make a good movie based on what you have, that's something like I can't really name any other movies that were just like, "All right, this is what we have. All right, this is the movie we're going to make."
1: And and there's a knowledge about what they can do and what they will do with what they can do. And um, I don't know. I think there's a beauty of being able to work within the limitations you're given and to do something creative with that is what it feels like to me. Again, it's fun. It's goofy. It's not like a, a deep film. No, there's but there's there's, there's it's no... definitely worth your time.
0: Yeah, and it um. It, it, it's I, I will say about this movie what what grabbed me and what I still think is great about this, um the poster artwork for this movie was done by Tim Hildebrandt who's or Tom Hildebrandt, um I remember I got into this movie because it was I was in college and I was like eh, I'm gonna buy a movie on Amazon let's see what they say. oh they say oh you since you like this movie you'll like this and it was the Deadly Spawn and it was right I guess when the special edition came out and the original poster work there's just something about it that it's just striking, and it, it 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 looks. It should be cheesy. It should be really corny, and I know that's like I I know we keep going back to that. this movie should be corny and it shouldn't work, but it, it it works in spite of its limitations. Um, and I yeah, it, it was just there's just like, something unsettling about teeth. Can we just say that
1: part <laughs> of the part of the thing here is that this thing is just fucking teeth. It's just a bunch of mouths growing out of the same base, which is already weird. Like, already why, fucked do you, up. why do you need so many mouths? And, uh, and then the mouth itself was just a gaping, fleshy,
0: gooey, drippy hole it's like a, it's with a, a bunch of teeth in it's it. It's like if you remember how Venom was in the late 90s, how he was just like 12 feet tall and 9 feet wide with a fucking massive mouth with way too many teeth. It's kind of like that.
1: I think it's better than Venom, but that's
0: just me. Well, yeah, better. anything was better than, than late 90s Venom. But yeah, it's just it's just it's a great movie and you should watch it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that there's much more to say about it than that other than, you know, um I like the way that it plays with sort of the horror sci fi themes of like messing with nature and not knowing whatever and like even that the kids are so easily like ready to um dissect this thing, just take it apart like yeah. Oh, I don't know what it is.
0: We should uh dissect it, you know. Yeah, like, like we might be unleashing a pathogen amongst the human race, but fuck it. We gotta find out if it's also do you ever see the the track listing for the soundtrack for this? No. All the original all this all the all the titles have nothing to do with the movie, but they're all puns involving the word spawn. So it's like Yeah. I'm into that. It's really cool, yeah. Like good spawn, not like Todd McFarlane's spawn.
1: I would say I would say the, the only thing I'll say about it. And then we can move on. Is um, it's a little inspiring in the sense of like what you can do. I mean, it's not as inspiring as like you know some other things. If you're trying to make a incredible art film, maybe Deadly Spawn isn't for you. But the idea that like some horror lovers can get together, make some things, and film and and make a movie that mostly works—that's a lot of fun for them. That people still kind of care about.
0: Well. Let me ask you this because this yeah. is this is something I've been thinking about. Is this movie like is this movie well known? Um
1: it has become well known. Um so for example, uh famously one of the head editors of Fangoria back in the day is the was the um special effects guy on this movie. Okay. And in fact, he in a very well-popularized uh, interview in Fangoria with Gene Simmons, gave him the gift of the mom head, Okay. Uh, which Gene Simmons was impressed by because he did know Deadly Spawn and was very familiar with the special effects. Wait, Gene Simmons is a fan of Deadly Spawn? Not only that, he still has the head Ugh. and talks to people about it all the time. I it's like this like movie less now.
0: Displayed in his- I don't like Gene Simmons. I don't like Kiss. I have good taste in music.
1: <laughs> motherfucker that's not the point of the I goddamn know. story and it doesn't matter you know lots of people you don't like like things you like
0: sure i'll take your word for it are you kidding me yes i'm fucking with you i'm so clearly fucking with you right I'm now i'm really
1: gonna freak out so hard because you just spent all this time talking about goddamn hellraiser and your average hellraiser fan is the worst human possible you know what i mean i'm gonna let you have that i'll take it back because the worst human po- possible. Here we go. <laughs> is the um, person who is stoked on Jigsaw.
0: Oh. Boom. I fucking said it. I fucking said that shit. But real talk for a second, though. This movie, would you call this movie underrated? Uh,
1: yes and no. I would say it's underrated in the sense of it's not as appreciated as it could be outside of the horror aficionado community. Okay. But I think within the very dedicated to horror community, I think
0: most people know it. I think when we put this up, people will know it. Yeah. I I mean, because was it Cavity Colors or Pizza Party printing that did the the t-shirts? I think it was Pizza Party. They were in, the guy was like, our man with the leather jacket and Hawaiian shirt was like, yeah, I got this t-shirt with this shit on it. That's cool, isn't it?
1: I think he had a Fright Rags one, too. Was it
0: Fright Rags? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what I'm saying, is I've always wondered, like, I, I don't know if this movie is some hidden gem or maybe I'm just fucking clueless about it. I'm I wouldn't say it's hidden, but I will say
1: that um it's it, it obviously doesn't have the wide appeal of like a fucking Freddy or whatever.
0: It's a bit deeper cut than um even Killer Clowns from Outer Space, I think.
1: Yeah, but I think the people who know this movie like it, whereas a lot of people don't like killer clowns. That sucks. I don't think there's a big chunk of people that are like uh deadly spawn piece of shit like I don't and and again that's not to say because it's some sort of like amazing groundbreaking movie I just think that if if you're like if I if if you are told this is a movie about aliens that just eat people
0: that could describe it's fun both movies we're talking about and fucking three other movies I can think about uh last note I want to say about this movie if you ever get a chance to see this movie on film in a theater go see it um I think exhumed has one of the only surviving prints left and it has a very bad case of vinegar syndrome. It lends this, has this pink tint to it that really, it makes you feel like you're watching like a shitty movie on like TNT at like 10 o'clock at night when you're a little kid in like 1994 when I was 11. It makes me feel like I was a little kidding. Anyway, uh, we're take a quick break and we get back. We're going to talk about 2010s grabbers. <laughs>
2: It's always the quiet places where the mad shit happens They're pilot whales They died at sea I can't be sent for sea monster this is something totally different, something, something alien. You don't believe me? Not of Christ, didn't tell you believe in coincidences. Not really. You are so lucky she didn't kill you. You were drunk. If we taint our blood with booze, we're we'll poisonous <laughs> <a> sweet. Mmm, <clears throat> it's extraordinary stay out of the rain, and we
0: drink. You're throwing a Trona party. <laughs> it's a welcome party yeah. for me. But you're leaving in a fortnight. It's just a goodbye party, whatever. <laughs> Tequila! <laughs> it's
2: out of the door. So I don't control. No. It's not trying to kill you. Have you got some tags on you? No, no, I not on me, No! I'm pissed It's okay I'm alright
0: hey. That's one spicy meat hey, We are back to talk about 2012's Grabbers Why do you say it that way? Because that's how you have to, well, listen, have to say it How do you say it? Um, hold, on, hold on You're going to do your best Irish accent? Yeah, I can't. Do it. Yeah, you can't do it. So we're going grabbers. with grabbers. grabbers. They're
1: called grabbers. Oh, the fucking grabbers. Fucking grabbers. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, it's the fucking grabbers. Release. <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> accent? I did. That's so, is white.
0: White. <laughs> released on August 10th, 2012, written by Kevin Lehane and directed by John Wright, starring Ruth Bradley, Richard Coyle, Michael Hull, Laylor Rodley, and Liam's favorite actor of all time. Liam said this guy. He said, Russell Tovey is my favorite actor of all time. I love Russell Tovey so much. I watch one of his movies every night before I go to bed. Liam said that. That's a direct quote from Liam. He said that. I don't know what you're setting me up for. What is a joke? Russell Tovey's a dude that you were like, oh, I know that guy. He was on The Flash. (laughs) So you said one thing, and that's where I took it. Um, Yeah, Russell, well, he's not just on The Flash. For those of you
1: who've watched the show, fuck. It's not called fuck.
0: No, no. Uh, Looking? Cruising? Cruising starring Al Pacino.
1: Oh, (laughs) I fucking hate you. It's not cruising. I think it's called looking. Anyways, it was a a San Francisco-based show like a dating romance show with all gay dudes. And one of the themes in the movie is this guy falls for his boss and then his boss's boyfriend comes to stay and his boyfriend's like this Scottish dude. And the, he's played by this guy. Ah, yes. Uh,
0: by your favorite actor, Russell Tovey. I've seen him in a few things. That's all. That's cause he's your favorite actor. I like Tim Robbins a lot. I've seen a lot of Tim Robbins movies.
1: I just hate you
0: so So, much. Grabbers, Grabbers is about this. It's an Irish film. It's an Irish film. It's made in Ireland, and that's very important. Ireland. What we're going to talk about later, because if it wasn't made in Ireland, I would say this is a very problematic film. Uh, the plot of this movie is basically—it's still problematic. It's a little problematic. <laughs> uh where, where it opens up in this fucking meteorite or meteor or whatever it is when a fucking a falling star falls hits the ocean, and then some shit comes out of the ocean and attacks these people. One thing leads to another, and there's this isolated fishing community off the coast of Ireland, um, and they're besieged by these weird cthulhu e octopi vaguely shoggoths. I'll call them shoggoths. Um, and they basically, it becomes your classic like Castle Siege movie where they get trapped in this bar, and these they have to fight the rat from these things. Um, this movie's okay. I mean, it's definitely, it, it really, it, it, like, I only picked it because I had thought I had seen it, and I was like, oh, this will do well with The Deadly Spawn, because it's like a similar theme. Um, there's really nothing about this movie that sets it apart from any other alien invasion movie. Well, I think it's, um,
1: it's kind of this... Th- Man, this is gonna. This is hard to explain in a way that doesn't make us sound like assholes. No, me. go ahead and say it, because I'm, I'm. I'll sign off on it. There's a whole class of these uh, festival ready but not mainstream ready horror movies. Okay, these like lower budget Johns where the you know the script is kind of snappy, the idea is vaguely original in some ways, but it borrows from other things. But nothing about it is iconic enough for it to stick around. No. It's the sort of thing, like, if we were at a film festival and we just saw this, we'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. It's it's a good filler movie. Yes. But chances are, like, again, what, what year was this made? 2012. I guarantee that this is probably, like, if we had seen this in 2012 and then we saw that this was on a podcast like this one, it would be the first time we had thought about it since we saw it in 2012. <laughs> yeah. It's not a movie that like, will come up for no, people a lot. It's not a movie that probably has a lot of legs. And I guarantee someone listening to this has heard of this movie, and they'll be like,
0: oh, right, that grabber. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. But it's not something that they're going to be connected this to. This does not stand out like the Deadly Spawn. This movie will not be remembered in 34 years and how many months, because right. how old am I? This movie Deadly Spawn's a, year older, a day older than me. I just cannot stop pointing that out. But
1: it'd be really easy to then take from all that that it's bad, and it's anything but bad.
0: It's, it's not bad. It's very competent. Yes. Uh, the CGI is sufficient. Sufficient. I'll say something about this movie reminded me of the work of an early Peter Jackson. I don't know what, but something about it. Well, White people talking funny, maybe? No, I mean, I think there's
1: a certain humor to it. Um, and again, I do think the script kind of pops a little bit in certain places, but um, witty dialogue does not a good character make. And no. there
0: are not really endearing characters in this movie. I, I will say that the two main... Actor uh, characters, uh, Ruth Bradley and Richard Coyle, the cops. What, what are they? Called? I'm, this is I'm not trying. Garda. Garda. Thank you. Um, I. You're such a goofball. Because when we're watching this, I'm like, the fuck is a garda? Who? What? what, what why don't they just call them cops? I, I like how whenever I'm an asshole in my head, I have a New York accent. Um, I like those characters, especially towards like uh, towards the end, and we're about to get to the part where I think is like sort of problematic especially when um, they get a little honest with each other because they're a little drunk. Uh, let's, the one character, Richard Coy, is also a career alcoholic, and I like that part when like, he's like talking to this girl, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry about your wife. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I heard that Like, y- the reason you're drunk all the time is because your wife died. He's like, oh, is that what you heard? And that's one of the stories. Growing up. She just left me, and I'm just sad, and that's why I drink all the time. It's like, holy shit, that kind of adds like a little bit of dimension to that character. But it's the minorest of I mean it really I mean, yeah exactly it's it's it, so it's,
1: it, it's and it's so pained by numbers and an that alcoholic way. cop wow we've never seen that before yeah and the whole movie is sort of these very surfacey portrayals that are charming in their way but there's nothing there to any of them they're just there to serve a purpose and it would be different if our central theme maybe not theme our central moving idea of the. Of the um, plot, the narrative, was a little more compelling than Weird Aliens. Yeah. And again, uh, you like Weird Aliens. I do. I don't have a problem with Weird Aliens, but the whole movie just rests on that. It's like that that in a very strange way, the Weird Aliens are the actual main characters of the movie because they're why we're all here. Yeah. And we, whoever wrote the script could not be bothered to give enough
0: motivation to the rest of the humans in the movie so that that's why we're I here. I think part of the, this movie's problem, as opposed to the deadly spawn, is there was a lot of, not like a ton of money, not like billions of dollars. A goodish amount of money was dumped into this movie, and I feel that the people, the filmmakers, maybe didn't do what they should have. They felt that they didn't. They, they felt they could get away with more. Whereas the filmmakers who made the Deadly Spawn were like, yo, we have X amount of money. This is what we can do. We better fucking make this movie great. Whereas the filmmakers and grabbers, it felt kind of like we don't have to really do much cool shit. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about the special effects real quick, the CGI for this time. sure. One thing I'll give these, th- th- this movie credit for is, unlike a lot of films that came out at this time with CGI, the way the characters interact with the CGI really works. Um, there are some bad CGI out there where you can very clearly tell that the people are not interacting with anything physical and real right but in this movie you're like the whole like every time they're on screen with one of the grabbers you're like they're actually you know i mean they're obviously not fucking interacting with sh- you know shog the an octopi but you know it looks like they are it's convincing it's it's at least not distracting
1: and um it could be because the things themselves are not believable in any way, shape, or form. No, and they're, they're not meant to be. Like they're meant to look otherworldly. Yeah, and in the world of CGI, when something's meant to look otherworldly, it also then probably most times doesn't then look believable.
0: Um, I will say that this, the, the they, these things, they look like they look like just octopi with a mouth in the middle, so an octopus. The scene at the end where the mother grabber, father grabber, sure queen grabber is like rolling after them there's something unsettling about that that i just i i was like that's really creepy it kind of reminds me of um have you ever seen edge of tomorrow yeah the tom cruise movie yeah the thomas cruise movie it looks like that the way these things roll it's just it's just really creepy looking and it's it's i don't know i mean they only do it once and it's just it, it rumbles and it's scary but that's the only it's not really scary i'm a fucking i'm a sissy the so the the film kind of starts off with a
1: weird like meet cute basically like we're about to watch a romantic comedy because of the way the two police officers they set it up very like the whole thing becomes to some extent about their relationship but not that i don't believe them as getting together in some sense but i just don't i didn't feel like and i continue not to feel like we're given enough to care i don't care yeah like it means nothing and and um luckily like i said none of the other characters are that compelling but uh they're still mildly charming and the writing is of the actual dialogue is pretty good so that like i still kind of got into it a little bit and still cared about it but like the idea that i'm also supposed to be wrapped up
0: in their relationship and where it's going it's been you can almost hear the narrator talking over the sizzle reel for this you know She's a cop from the big city. You know, she says something witty and cute. He's a cop from a small town. He says something... Ah, fuck this. Jesus Christ. These fucking grabbers. That's Australian? You're just doing Australian? Whatever. God damn it. it, it the whole point is, like, it, it's so, like Liam said, it's so paint by the numbers that it's it, it it's, like, I don't give a fuck about what's going to happen because I already know what's going to happen. There's no... There's no risk. Like, either this guy's going to die bravely to sacrifice himself... Or they're going to win out in the end. There's no, there's there's no stakes. There's no risk involved.
1: So the the the, the only thing that starts to add a little bit of um, uh, texture to the movie is this idea they figure out about the one thing that's kept some of these people alive when they have interact with these aliens.
0: Is this where it gets problematic? This is
1: where it gets a little okay. problematic because you know at a at a sort of a base level, this is the only thing that they bring to the movie that kind of sets it apart. Like people on an island getting killed off by an alien that comes from the sea sounds original on paper, but for the most part, nothing happens in the film to make it original, to make it different, to make it its own thing until this sort of revelation, which is that, um, the aliens they're you know, they're primarily blood suckers. They sort of compare them to vampires. I believe, the, I believe the term is hematophiles. Sure. Whatever. And, um, they are, Hemophage. I guess they're oh <laughs> my god. I guess they're to some extent allergic to alcohol like that a certain That's product. interesting. It,
0: it, what do Irish people do a lot?
1: They drink, they, they
0: drink. drink. Oh god. That's so interesting. That it's a movie about Irish people who have to drink. And also at the end of the movie the main alien says If you can go to the end of the rainbow and find the pot of gold, you can defeat it. Oh,
1: no. So um, in an effort to protect the village, they get everybody into the pub and just start boozing them up with the idea that then the aliens will be less inclined to eat them because of all the booze. Mm -hmm. Or or if they do try, it will hurt. And uh, that doesn't really work out. Uh, It doesn't work out primarily because the alien is so big. Yes. That he would have to completely drain one of these motherfuckers for it to even make him feel ill.
0: Yeah. um, (sighs) If this movie wasn't made by Irish people, I would have been like, I'm boycotting this movie. I mean, obviously, the idea of the drunken Irishman is not as
1: sharp as it once was. It doesn't have the cultural teeth it once did. No, but... However, I think it is fair to say... It's a weird thing for this movie to be playing off of this
0: stereotype. I mean, it would be like if they landed in Philadelphia, would they fight them off with a cheesesteak? Or if they landed in Bethlehem, would they fight them off with finely printed, finely screen printed t shirts, of which you can find them at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations? It's a weird, it's a, it's, we- it's strange. That was my joke for Chris Reject.
1: And especially when, um,. <sighs> when it wants us to take such a negative view of drinking with the with the
0: one cop character anyway that he's kind of ruining his life a little yeah bit. they make it clearly they make it clear it's a very real and people are like concerned about him right and yet they turn it into this like running joke for 3 quarters of the movie yeah
1: we were just going to all drink so that the alien doesn't eat us uh, and of course this plan doesn't work and they have to figure out a new way to kill the alien anyway which whether that theme of drinking is problematic or not, to me, it's made even more problematic when it has no payoff. That really, we just wanted everyone to go to the pub without telling them that there's an alien, which doesn't work out. Yeah. If, funny enough, they figure out there's an alien. Yeah. Weirdly, because there's a giant fucking monster trying to kill them outside. Yeah. And then, they, this whole alcohol plant's not going to work anyway, so now they have to try to kill the alien when they're all drunk.
0: Also, it's worth noting that one of the characters goes outside completely shit-faced confronts the alien and their their whole thing is like, oh, we have to get drunk so the alien can't eat us. Not bothering to think that like it doesn't have to eat them to hurt them. When this dude like steps to it and it just bats him into the ocean and presumably kills him. Yep. And also, the way they defeat the alien, they don't use alcohol.
1: No, that's what I was saying when, yeah. before was that there's it's not just that it's a weird idea because of the stereotypes around the Irish and drinking but there's no pay- there's literally no payoff for it and the way they kill them i mean not that you need to broadcast everything but when they eventually kill the alien it's something that you've never heard about it's like oh i guess we could just do this thing and so you know it's one thing if you prep an audience and you the audience watches this person come to this decision but in reality it's it almost functions like a deus ex machina in the sense yeah. of like we didn't even know that was a thing and now it's a thing and now we're just going to go blow this alien up and
0: they they very easily they were and it's funny because they actually do quote they kind of paraphrase aliens you would expect this movie to end with like one of the characters like you know dangling over the edge of something with like a bottle of Everclear, clear and he looks down or she looks down they look down and they're like eat this! And then they throw the alcohol into the alien's mullet, or gullet, and then it just, like, chokes and dies, and then that's how the movie ends. In its mullet, too, because that's how it resides. In its mullet, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You would think that's how this movie would end. By all rights, that's how this movie should end, is by a a, a quip delivered as they deliver the alien's weakness to it and and defeat it. The weakness they've been setting up the whole fucking movie for. But instead, none of that happens, and instead they just set it on fire. Like, they could have done from the start. Like, they find out where the alien is, like very early early in the movie. They know where it's at, and like they're like, w- w- "What are we gonna do?" And it's like, just get a bunch of gasoline and, and go there. That's what you do anyway, and less people will die. It is
1: strange because they make they come to this whole we're gonna get boozed up idea. It's so really dumb. Really early. Meanwhile, uh, maybe we should be more clear too. The alien, you know, there's a male and a female. And the female is a lot more manageable in size, so of course they kill that. And so now the male is about to go on this rampage about it. And it can only come out when it's raining and there's a storm on the way. So it's not raining, and he's in this fucking cavern. And you know he's in this cavern, like our
0: characters are fucking this looking thing, at him. <laughs> and no part of them is like, "Yo, let's just burn him or whatever." Like, like the like, alien can't get out. You know and I mean, it, it can grab them because it has its its tongue, but like. I cannot stress how easy it would have been for them to just drive back to their village, gotten a bunch of gasoline and just fucking set this thing on fire. But instead they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, it's going to rain in a couple hours. And I mean, what the fuck are we going to do? We better get everyone. I know let's get everyone very vulnerable and drunk. And then that won't work out anyway.
1: I feel like we've sort of talked ourselves into not liking this movie. Yeah. I don't really like this movie anymore. Look, a lot of it works in the sense of like the alien is kind of cool, the characters can be funny at times, whatever. But for me, if you're like me and you have a million movies you want to watch, some of which are even in the Criterion collection,
0: some might even be hellraiser movies.
1: It's hard it would be hard to me knowing how much that I like if you were if you listener were me telling me that it was not good I don't think I could watch this movie
0: no and it, it really maybe I'm being overly sensitive but I really am barely I'm barely on board with the fucking this movie being about Irish people trying to defeat an alien by drinking I'm really I mean what's next the alien is in a London cafe and they send a car bomb after it like what other Irish
1: stereotypes can we come up with that was tough that was a tough thing you just said Am I wrong though? Like it's it's I, I think you're exaggerating a little bit. However okay. however it is a weird thing, and especially knowing it was made by Irish folks, like they're like, you know what's something we all do all the time is fucking drink. Yeah. What can we do with that? You know, like I it, it it was it was regardless awkward, even if it's maybe not um the end of the world or anything, it was at least awkward. And it didn't didn't pay off towards
0: anything no control. it didn't it didn't lead towards anything it was just this unnecessary thing that, like to to drive home how how hype this whole thing the whole drinking thing was i'm looking at an image of the poster right now and it's a the, the poster is simply a glass of beer in like a glass case that says break glass in case of alien attack break glass and drink me and under that grabbers like they really drive home that like yeah these people drink to fight aliens in here and it just doesn't it's a gimmick. It even could have worked if the party scene
1: was played up. So, you know, they they promise free booze and that's how they get the entire island to go be in the All pub. 20 people who live there they're all go hang out in this pub. Yeah. Only then the party scene is not compelling either. There's so many animal house style antics they could have gotten up to. And yet instead, to be fair, the, the 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 medium age is what 50 for these people yeah exactly real party hounds they really could have gone at it yeah but they don't (sighs) it's it's one of those things where um, under the right circumstances mediocrity can be very you know frustrating and make me very angry because money went into this there's some good actors in this it's not a terrible thing and yet It just doesn't work, and I'm inclined to just blame the movie for that. Yeah, who else would you blame? Well, in the sense of, like, sometimes there's budgetary limitations, or there's... you know. Oh, you mean the movie itself? The movie is a bad idea?
0: Yeah, like, they just didn't
1: do this thing very well that they could have done with all these resources and people behind it.
0: Well, I I do think that if you take away the drinking, this is just the fucking by-the-books alien invasion movie. There's nothing about this movie that's compelling at all they had to add like a comedy gimmick to, to to sort of everything else about this movie is so painfully in line with exactly you know a billion movies that have been made before it
1: man I feel bad because I wasn't going into this being like I am going to shit on this movie but I
0: feel like we are a it little bit it brought it on itself it did it to itself I mean it could have been worse the grabber could have then enslaved the Irish people and made Irish slavery a real thing oh my god but it didn't
1: no, it did not.
0: So that's grabber. Grabbers! <laughs> <laughs> Grabbers! Uh, so yeah. Um, you don't need to watch Grabbers. You don't need to watch Grabbers. You don't need to watch the Day of the Dead remake. Thanks to me and Liam. We killed it. We killed it. Uh, so yeah. Thanks, as always, to Have Valley Apparel Creations and Patreon subscribers. Again, I should have fucking looked up so I can throw some names, but I don't because I'm... And Eddie, you looked it up. Uh, thanks for listening. Check us out on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at theharbiz666. Follow us. Give us a mention, retweet. You know, do all that cool stuff. We appreciated. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can go there and find us there. You can find us at theharbiz at gmail dot com. You can email us for recommendations, uh, comments, insults, threats. If you want to be on the show, send pictures of your feet. Send pictures. That Liam said that, not me. Um <laughs> I'm
1: kidding, don't do that.
0: Feet are gross. I don't understand. Yeah. Every joke there's a germ of truth, and I believe there's fucking Liam being a creep here. Uh I'm actually really a dip. Fingers? Are fingers a thing? You're a fucking you're worse than I am. Wrists. I like wrists. You're a deviant. I mean, I'm okay with that. Check us out on iTunes, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe, download, download, download. And I need to download something, download again.
1: I'll download it.
0: All right, thanks for listening. I'm gonna on, fuck onto your,
1: it under your chest. On your okay, I'll download under your chest.
0: You're you're worse than you're the worst human being. <laughs> I can't even I can't even think straight. There's six feet of snow outside. I'm gonna die on the ride home. So this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's six feet. Yeah, no shit. We're not in. Uh. Thanks for listening, guys. Stay spooky until the next episode. Goodbye. I think there's
1: like four inches. There's
0: five.